My favorite people, my mishpocha chavrim, how are you doing? <coughs> yep, yep, I'm sorry, you're going to have to deal with raspy zev again. Good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom. From a goyim, have a great weekend. It's it's the end of the week, enjoy, kick your legs up. Okay, people, let's get into some uh, cool psychology talk. And uh, what else we got here? This thing on essays, more... Uh, some relaxing and recharging stuff. Oh, a cool Kobe quote. Folks, let's get in. Alrighty, so, the algorithm knows me. Knows me very well. Actually, so well, it's comforting. It's not scary to me. It's actually comforting at this point. Oh, the amount of things I think, and then it just starts sending me, yeah. Now, actually, lately it's been sending me Jesus stuff, because it thinks I'm religious. Or, sorry, not thinks. It knows I'm religious, but it doesn't know what religion I am yet. Yet. Anyways, let's talk about what TikTok was spitting my way on narcissism. This is so cool. I thought I knew a good amount about it because my I think my father's narcissistic, so I looked into this disorder to actually see if he is. I thought I knew a lot about it. This is cool. So if a child, like a baby, if the child's needs are not met, it does things for itself to get the needs, like crying, screaming, whining. These are things it does to get its needs met, right? It makes sense. You're with me. If none of these things work, the last and lethal behavior is just quiet. The baby slash child actually quits. It self-soothes emotionally is what they call it, right? This leads to a self-absorption continuum. First, you'll be self-centered, okay? Then you'll start gaslighting people. And then you become narcissistic. And that fire is fueled, lastly, with psychopathy, being a psychopath. Now, going back, a parent's job is to label feelings, okay, and regulate feelings, to feel feelings, okay? F- label, regulate, and feel. That's what parents need to do for their kids. Teach them how to regulate, label, and feel. If that's neglected and the kid grows up not learning these, the gaslighting, the narcissism, the self-centered behavior, it acts as a way to dissociate from that pain. The needs are not being met as a baby or a child. That's painful when your needs are not met. So to dissociate from the pain, they are going to partake in gaslighting, telling someone else how they feel instead of reflecting on themselves. They're going to be narcissistic, self-centered, Now, if you're wondering, this is literally the psychological definition from Google. Narcissism, it's selfishness involving a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy, which is apathy, and a need for admiration as characterizing a personality type. It's a part of their personality is to need admiration, have no empathy, and to be selfish. Um, This is a way, again, to avoid feeling pain. Okay? It's almost a way to fill a void because think about it. They weren't, they weren't given the attention, so they need to force people to give it to them. Uh, otherwise, it reminds them of pain. Because if someone doesn't give a narcissist their attention or fill or or give into the gaslighting, then you are in essence, again, reminding them of what they didn't have subconsciously. They don't even realize it. Yeah. Now there's a second definition for psychoanalysis. It is self-centeredness arising from failure to distinguish the self from external objects, either in very young babies or as a feature of mental disorders. 
There you go. That's what they'd say in the office for someone who's narcissistic. So now I hope you understand that when parents do not teach someone how to regulate, feel, or label feelings, the person doesn't get any needs met, they're in pain, and they start to self-soothe, they start to do everything possible to dissociate and not feel that pain, hence everything I just told you about narcissists, self-centeredness, and gaslighting. Now let's elaborate even more. so, yeah, I can skip that part. How um, their their feelings? Well, first, first, let me tell you this: it's crazy that a person who gaslights they will literally convince someone of a lie, so they do not have to face their feelings. That's gaslighting. That's what's mushuga and yutsi to me. Their feelings represent their trauma. So this is why folks show gaslighting and narcissistic tendencies, but they aren't actually narcissistic you know, diagnosed by a professional narcissistic, but they're not actually narcissistic or gaslighters. They show the tendencies of one. And that's what's important to to separate is just because someone shows some tendencies once or twice and that's it, uh, or once in a blue moon during arguments, it's because of this. Listen, when that person's had a little traumatic part of their life triggered, they possess these short bursts of psychopathological acts these acts that only pop up maybe once a year or a decade when they are not being soothed, when their needs are not being met. So what do they have to do? They have to have that void filled. The void I talked about earlier, which I'll reiterate quick, that person in that argument once a year or a decade, they feel they're not getting um, not necessarily attention. They're just not getting the pain taken care of, like the baby, that checklist of whining, crying, screaming. And if if they're doing this as an adult, the whining, crying, and screaming metaphorically, because yes, there are things called adult babies, go Google it. If, if a person who's an adult is not getting their needs met and they're trying to, that's what happens is they will start to gaslight, but not all the time. They're not a narcissist. They just start to do it every once in a while because someone's triggered that issue of not having attention or needs met. And then that's, and so like, yeah, it's not even an attention thing. It's just needs. Sometimes a person doesn't feel they're being cared for, loved, whatever the need is. And so they might manipulate and they might focus in on themselves like a narcissist to have those needs met. Isn't that interesting? I love that. Moving on. This was titled 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. It's a book. And this person reads a part of it. That's my, my TikTok's been partly people just reading parts of books, which is kind of cool. Because then I'll have to read them myself. So this one is on subconscious behavior. And listen to this. I'll read it. I'll just read it word for word. Subconscious behaviors that are keeping you from having the life you want. This is number one of these essays. You think creating your best life means setting out for it. In reality, you are psychologically incapable of predicting what will make your life happy. Your brain can only perceive what it's known. So when you choose what you want for the future, you're literally just creating an ideal of your past. When things don't work out the way you want them to, you think you have failed. Only because you didn't recreate something, your, your past self thought was desirable. In reality, you probably created something better, but it was foreign. And for that reason, your brain misinterpreted it as a bad thing. That part where it said, you think you failed. When things don't work out the way you want, you think you failed. That really hit hard, and I'll explain why. So going back to the failure, I love that one person's failure is another person's success. 
It's all based on expectations. And I've explained in the past on this podcast how our expectations literally dictate our perceptions and beliefs of our reality. Failure is so subjective. And we need to start reframing it 24-7 so we can be done driving ourselves absolutely mashuga. But isn't that crazy? Because our brain truly can only perceive what it's known, of course we're just creating ideals of our past. Isn't that so cool? That, that really blew my mind. Wow. Let's move on. We're back on TikTok. Great platform. And again, for anyone that says it's just people shaking their tuchas and, and spewing racism and other stupid meme jokes, no, you can change your algorithm. Take control of your algorithms, people. You follow who you want to follow, and you can eliminate on TikTok saying not interested to what you don't want to see. Anyways, for those that don't like constantly hearing, enjoy the process. It sounds so cliche because it is. It's becoming cliche because it's true. Maybe this will help you. If you woke up tomorrow and all your goals and desires were met and attained, it wouldn't feel right, would it? Like, like imagine, or not even that, imagine in 10 minutes from now, boom, everything you want in the next few decades of your life, you have. It wouldn't feel right. You wouldn't, not only would it not feel right, you wouldn't be able to handle it. And also, you wouldn't feel deserving. Let the journey strengthen you. That's what it's doing. This journey is carving you like a statue. And let it strengthen you. Okay. Next, the only relaxing and recharging, uh, sorry, oh my God, that was rough. Um, the only time, the only time relaxing and, re- and re- oh yeah, I third time's a charm, folks. Oh my God, I was like coughing, I'm missing words. This is awesome though. The only time relaxing and recharging actually works is when you don't feel guilty about it. So if you're feeling guilty when you're relaxing or recharging, then you're not relaxing and recharging. Isn't that such a powerful quote? So really be intuitive with your your body and mind, okay? If you're watching a movie and you're like, ah, I should be doing something else and you're getting anxious, that you're not relaxing. So go do that thing and then either fucking teach yourself to relax or, or just do the thing and then relax. I don't know, as simple as that. You're not relaxing if you're feeling guilty about it. Okay, the Kobe quote, I promise. He said that his insane confidence came from being overly prepared. I love this. I've heard this before on over-preparation. It's so true. Anytime you feel nervous, you didn't prepare enough. And I know that's black and white thinking. But anytime you feel nervous, you didn't prepare enough. Just always remember that. And, and again, black and white thinking. Of course, you can be nervous and fully prepared just because we start creating stories in our head, hypotheticals. But I'm just saying, if you've truly prepped... You're fine. Nothing to worry about. On bigger pockets, I said this on the podcast way back. I remember a quote. If you have control over something, don't stress about it. If you have no control over something, don't stress about it. There's nothing to worry about, people, ever. And that's a good lesson on being present. Because let's say someone's like, oh, I don't have control over the war coming to town. Um, But again, has it happened yet? If the answer is no, then don't worry. You can prepare, but just don't worry. Um, If the war has come to town, it's already come. Well, now you deal with what's in front of you. So don't worry. What can you control in that scenario? You know know what I'm saying? Don't start creating scenarios that don't exist and stress yourself out for no reason. What's happening now? And then can you prepare for what might happen so you're feeling at peace? Yes. Okay, then do it. This is awesome. I love that. I actually told one of my youngsters this. This, this motivated me. Do not chase people. It'll lead you down the wrong path. 
chase your interests and goals, then the right people will fall into your life because they're all doing the same thing. Isn't that just such simple advice but so true? And it reminds me earlier, last episode, I was talking about external factors that bring happiness to people and how it can be sketchy because those pillars can break and then you're fragile. So again, don't chase people. Chase your passions and interests. And you're thinking, well, I'll be alone forever. No, because other people will be doing those same things. And you're all going to come together and love each other. One sec. I got to blow my nose. Okay, people, side note. I read The Power of Now again. Just like a little snippet. It was Shabbos. I was bored. I just pulled the book out. I forgot about this great piece of advice. And if you want the whole book summary, it was like a four-parter. You can go look at that. My old episodes are still there. Anyways, Eckhart Tolle said, when you tell someone, I'm going to paraphrase because it's foggy. I didn't write this down. Uh, when you tell somebody that they their problems are illusions, because you let's say you've read the book and you're like, no, you're identifying with the problem. That's why it's, it's not actually a problem. Uh, it's an illusion. And let's say they get mad at you. This is mind-blowing. It's because you are, in essence, trying to kill their ego. You're trying to kill that self-talk that tells them, I, I, who, you know, I, this meat suit, I have a problem. You're telling them that they don't exist per se and their ego feels threatened like it's going to die. And so they, their ego subconsciously tells them to fight back and say, no, how dare you? How dare? That's so disrespectful. You question my identity is really what they're saying. Anytime they say like, you don't, what do you mean? And don't worry. What do you, how could you say that? You're so apathetic, blah, blah, blah. Like, and they start ridiculing. This is the pain body and the self-talk fighting back death pretty pretty much which is radical but i just love that anyways thought i'd share that again so anytime someone really gets mad at what you've said it's in essence you threaten to kill their, their ego that's what it was and this is how you know someone has started to shed their ego and has has molded a, a different one is when they're open super open to what you have to say and, and I know what you're thinking. Well, okay, if someone is super open and that's their identity as being an open person, well, there's still a pain body. There's still someone being led through unconsciously. That's what I mean. As Jay Shetty says, the ego is always resurrecting. And uh, and I'm sure if a person's really enlightened, they're going to also be open to the thought that they are maybe identifying too much with being open. And they're just going to hear that self-talk. They're going to be listening to that self-talk. Yeah, and just projecting love because purely, and, and I need to do a whole podcast on Kabbalah. I've been learning Hasidus, and it has a lot to do with Eckhart Tolle's teachings. Uh, Hasidus, by the way, is just like Torah, but the philosophy is behind the Torah, is, which is also the Bible. The Torah and the Bible are the same. It's the Old Testament, not the New Testament, the Old Testament. So it's like half the Bible. I'm telling you, like a lot of the same philosophies. But remember, their philosophy is not fact. So don't start being this religious person that's like, it's fact, the, the Bible's fact, the Torah's fact. It's philosophy. Anyways, I'll talk about that later because there's a lot of cool things that tie in regarding like your soul being truly kind. And it's like, oh, but there are murderers. And we'll get to that. Like I'll have to talk about it. It's really, really cool stuff. But again, that's philosophical. I'm not saying our souls are all just genuinely peaceful. I'm just saying the thought of it is cool and why someone thinks maybe that's the fact. Okay, last thing, and then we're wrapping this puppy up. What dictates your fulfillment 
aren't the things in your life. It's your relationship to those things in your life. How crazy is that? So how, and then I had a thought here. So I, and I always put in, in italics my thoughts if I ever read something like that. Your caregivers, your peers, media influence, they all taught you how to define things. Uh, as this one guy I really like on YouTube, I haven't listened to his stuff. He does book summaries. He says six sensory information and self-talk counts as a sense. Yes. It ripples down to the outcomes in our lives. So for that reason, I'll say this again. It's, it is the relationship to the things in our life that give us fulfillment, not the things in our life. And so what I'm saying is if your self-talk is always open and reframing stuff, that will fully ripple down to the outcomes in your life. You'll have more positive outcomes because your beliefs are more positive. Simple as that. Folks, I love you to death. Thanks for tuning in. And next week, we're going to get into shower thoughts. I can't wait. It's so fun. I already have read a bunch of these. So cool and, and sparks such good conversation. Okay, everyone. Shalom Aleichem. I really wish you the most nachas. Um, you're all menchim. Take care. Oh, menchim is just like being good people. Love you guys. Bye.